0: Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and you're listening to the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast, a place for practical advice for women looking to balance their hormones, ditch dieting, and discover mindset shifts that will keep you motivated and empowered on your healthy eating journey. Are you ready to get started? Hey there, thanks for tuning in today. I have a special guest on the show. She is a friend and fellow registered dietitian, and she's going to tell us all about plant-forward living. So if this is a topic that you're curious about, or maybe you're trying to adopt a plant-forward approach, In your own life, you're in the right place. My guest is Jeannie Hendricks. She's a friend and fellow registered dietitian who is also the founder and owner of This Inspire D Life, a health and wellness brand that shares her unwavering appreciation for the food we eat and how it fuels our body, mind, and soul. Using science-based information combined with simple plan-forward cooking, Jeannie inspires audiences to reach their full potential through realistic and sustainable lifestyle habits. And we're going to talk all about what this means and how she does it today on the show. Jeannie is also a content expert in the field of nutrition, health, and wellness, and she's developed programming that supported thousands of patients toward achieving their health and wellness goals. Jeannie truly sees food as more than just food. It is health, performance, relationships, family, culture, tradition, and pleasure. Can I get an amen, right? So in a word, Jeannie believes that food is life. And in her free time, you can find her cooking up a storm in her kitchen. You can also find her traveling with her family, enjoying nature, and discovering new recipes together in her family kitchen. So I know you're gonna love Jeannie. She's the sweetest, most optimistic, positive, and personable person. So I know that today's conversation is going to inspire you to get in your own kitchen and use more plants when you're eating. That's always gonna be of benefit to you, especially with something like PCOS, where plants and plan forward eating can be truly beneficial. So let's get into my conversation with Jeannie Hendricks. Hey there, Jeannie! Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. I think before we get started, should we tell everyone that you used to be my boss? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to skip that, but if you want to mention it, sure, sure. <laughs> a
1: little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a different setup here, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I always I, lear- I, I learned yeah, a lot I from you in a different life. You were my boss, so <laughs> in another world, but um, yeah. We've always had a good relationship. So I'm really yes. excited to have you on the show because we're talking about plant-based eating today, which is something that mm-hmm. you're an expert in. You're really kind of um, deep into meal prep with plant-based eating and the whole mm-hmm. philosophy around it. So that's what we're going to talk about and, you know, a little bit about how it can benefit someone in terms of reducing PCOS symptoms or just adding more nutrition into their day, which is really what the whole lifestyle is about, right? Right, exactly. I mean, I think it's
1: important to take a second to kind of identify because there's so many different like terms that go out when it comes to this type of lifestyle, you know, there's veganism, and then there's plant-based, and then there's plant-forward, and then there's plant-focused. So um, I think something that's really important to identify is when I'm saying plant forward, I'm talking about kind of a shift in mindset, right? So it's talking about switching from that standard American meal that the meat is the star of the show and really focusing on the plants instead. Instead of them being side dishes, they're the main dishes. And that's kind of the overarching theme of it all. Um, So I just want to make sure I kind of like throw that out there. Obviously plant forward and plant-based could be vegan, but it doesn't have to be for everybody.
0: Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. I do think it's yeah. confusing because there's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of different terminology that's used. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this. What led you into mm-hmm. focusing on, um, wait, so what term are we using plant forward? Yes, yeah.
1: Plant forward. That's what okay. I like to use. Cause I think with plant-based, a lot of people are like, I can't just eat plants. You know, it, it creates almost most like, a, 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 a like defensive mechanism or something. But, um, so with plant forward, you know, I, being a dietitian for, you know, over 10 years, I'm not going to say how long, but I'll say over 10 years. (laughs) Um, I kind of always knew as I was talking with patients about what they're eating and how they're eating and their patterns that it wasn't where it needed to be. But I never really had like numbers, you know, in my head of exact, but When I stumbled upon the numbers, it was almost like this aha moment for me. So when you look at the standard American diet, so what most Americans are eating, 11% of their total intake is coming from whole foods, plants, you know, whole grains, legumes, beans, nuts, seeds.
0: Um, And
1: it, yes. So an 89% and most of that 89%, so over 55% are coming from ultra processed foods, um, things in boxes and bags and, you know, with added salts and sugars. And I was like, oh my, I mean, just seeing those numbers, it just totally jumped out at me. And I, and I knew that I wanted to be a part of something that would help move that needle, you know, like move that 11% to at least 12%. <laughs> um, so that kind of is what, what sparked it. And then over the past, I would say like, You know, five years or so, I've been kind of working on it myself. You know, I'm I'm a busy mom of two, and I work, and you know, how does it fit? And so I've really kind of done my own self, you know, exploration into it, and um, have really found some really great ways to make it practical. And I'm hoping to share those things.
0: All right, yeah, your sweet girls are always a part of your cooking. which is yeah, so much yeah. fun. Um, yes. yeah. And I was just talking to someone the other day, tell, you know, and they were say, saying to me, like, nobody showed me how to eat healthy. Nobody showed me how to prep food. So I think it's such mm-hmm. a good example to have our kids, you know, with us and to really mm-hmm. have them be a part of it if possible. So mm-hmm. I definitely think that will be a benefit to them for the rest of their life. So thank you. That's, Talk about those principles. Like what are they? Mm -hmm. What exactly is plant forward living all about?
1: Mm -hmm. So again, it's really that shift and focus on plants. How do we get more whole foods into our eating pattern? And I think it's important to say it's not a diet, right? It's a lifestyle. It's about a shift in your mindset, a shift in the way that you live, and not some cookie cutter plan that someone hands to you and you follow to a T. Um, it's personalized, you know, it has to fit not only your lifestyle, but your health needs, right? So if, if you have specific um, diagnoses, it can't just be one thing. So it's really a shift towards more plants and what that means for you. Um, and it really is too, like, Taking that um, personalized approach and not only food wise, but lifestyle wise. So I want to reduce the stress when it comes to food. I want it to be enjoyable um, and more than anything, have a focus on plentiful and abundance and less on restriction and um, miserable experience. <laughs> with food um, which I know all of us have had I mean I've been on many diets in my life I'm sure you have as well Um, and it just feels restrictive so I think um, it's that overarching kind of philosophy
0: Um, and when we're talking about plants we're not talking about vegetables specifically right so we're talking about Mm -hmm. everything that comes from plants
1: Exactly. So I think I love that you brought that up because I think that's another piece. I think people are like, well, I'm just going to eat vegetables, but obviously you can't, we can't do that. Um, so it's, it's the whole food. So it's legumes like lentils, um, beans, dried peas. Um, it's, you know, it is vegetables, it's fruit. You know, a lot of people are scared of fruits, but it's fruit Um, and it's whole grains and it's nuts and it's seeds. It's things coming from the earth. Um, And all of those things kind of together do make a complete diet, Um, a complete, I should say, eating pattern, not diet. Um, And a lot of people are when I speak with them are a little concerned that they might not meet their needs or where am I going to get my protein from and things like that. And really, those foods together can meet your needs. But again, it's personalized. So yeah. there may be some meat and some dairy in your plant forward eating, and that's okay. Um, it doesn't have
0: to be strict. I like that you talked about restriction because one of the biggest shifts that happens when someone moves into a plant forward eating pattern is that mm-hmm. they eat more. They eat mm-hmm. volume wise, <laughs> they eat more and they don't have to worry about portions as much and they don't have to worry mm-hmm. weigh and measure as much. Uh, which mm-hmm. I think we all want to do. I, I don't know about you. I want to eat more at all times, yeah. <laughs> and you know, with plants, you do want to pay attention to some things, but overall, mm-hmm. it does allow you to eat more and feel less restricted, restricted, mm-hmm. and less concerned about portions, right? Mm-hmm. It does. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's one of the
1: overarching themes with plant forward eating is nu- nutrient density. So it's how much nutrition are we getting for the calories we're eating or the volume we're eating, right? Um, and that is the beautiful thing about plant-based eating. and me personally felt very liberating to say, look at all of these things I can have. My plate can be full and overflowing and I can feel full and satisfied and not guilty or really heavy or, you know, like that heavy feeling after you have a big meal. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I feel it is liberating, but it is that nutrient density part that really has a lot of those health benefits as well. That kind of like, you know, it's kind of a trickle down effect.
0: Sure, so let's talk yeah. about those health benefits. What are mm-hmm. some of the things we see in research as a result of shifting to a plant forward diet? What do, what do we know are the benefits of that?
1: Yeah, sure. And, you know, I think this was something that was important to me, obviously, being a dietitian, wanting to know what the science says, you know, that's kind of like the base of everything we do. Um, And when you look around the world, so there's something called the Blue Zones, which I'm sure you've heard of, but there's a really great book, um, you know, for listeners that maybe haven't heard of it, um, that really dove into eating patterns around the world And there are these specific areas where people are living longer, healthier lives, not just longer lives, but also healthier lives, (laughs) the longevity. Um, And those people eat foods mostly from plants. They also have some other foods. You know, they differ, depending on the region. But most of it comes from plants, legumes, beans, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, whole grains. Um, And... So not only does it help with longevity, but research is also very, very supportive of the fact that it can help treat um, cardiovascular disease, um, type 2 diabetes, um, help with maintaining or achieving a healthy weight, um, which we know has so many other implications as well and then it also you know it's anti-inflammatory um helps our gut health which we know is so important and it can help reduce risk of certain cancers so there's a ton of research saying that the majority of our food should come from plants
0: it's interesting regarding diabetes because this would be a higher carbohydrate diet right
1: hmm mm-hmm. It would. And I will say for certain, like you mentioned, there are certain foods and for certain populations, this is where that individuality comes in, um, where some of those starchier items, like starchy vegetables, et cetera, they may need to be more, we may need to be more conscious of portion of those um, and with a patient that has diabetes. However, eliminating them is not the answer. It's just more being focused on total portion of them. So, um, the research really does support that it does help. It can help actually reverse two type type two diabetes with the weight loss that can come from it, as well as helping with your insulin sensitivity. So Mm -hmm. there is research to support that.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with mastering diabetes. Um, Robbie and Mm -hmm. Cyrus, they're um, two guys who have uh, written a book and they have a very active Instagram account. I've interviewed Robbie. He is a plant-based, um, Mm. opponent and their whole approach is, uh, is planned forward eating for managing type one and two diabetes. And they have Mm -hmm. amazing results. They have absolutely incredible results with their patients and clients with a higher carbohydrate plant-based approach. Mm -hmm. And, um, in Mm -hmm. the interview that I did with him, he explained exactly how it works, but it is possible Mm -hmm. it's counterintuitive. It's so opposite of what we hear. Yeah, But those guys both have, um, I believe, type one diabetes, and they basically eat fruit all day long. And their yeah. blood sugar management is spot on. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. sure, there's proof of that. Yeah. So is there anyone that this approach wouldn't be good for or mm-hmm. assuming mm-hmm. it was tweaked and adjusted to their specific needs? Is there any concern mm-hmm. with any type of condition or anything like that?
1: No, Not really. I mean, because, again, it's individualized. So, you know, I would say off the top of my head, too, that might need some really close monitoring would be if someone had renal disease um, and they're watching specific, you know, um, you know potassium and, and things like that. Um, It doesn't mean they can't. Right, just to make sure. Yes, yes. Yes. Oh, sorry, sorry, yes. I gotta get out of the dietitian term. Yes, kidney (laughs) disease. So um, if you have kidney disease and need to watch potassium, phosphorus, things like that, it may need to be tweaked and personalized a little bit more closely. Um, And then some, you know, GI intolerances, you know, if someone has celiac or um, even diverticulitis, things like that, which is, you know, pocketing in your intestines that can cause some irritation. again, would need to be tweaked and probably more closely monitored. Um, But other than that, it's really eating things that your body is really meant to eat. Um, And usually your body responds really well um, in multitude of ways. But you know, energy wise, skin wise, you know, there's so many um, positives. Okay.
0: So (laughs) I know my listeners pretty well. And I know that some Mm -hmm. of them are thinking right now, this is going to be a lot of work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) produce, doing plant-based meals takes a lot of time Mm -hmm. and prep. I don't have that kind of time. I'm on the go. What can you say Mm -hmm. to that? Mm -hmm. Well, I totally get it. Um,
1: And I have some weeks that are better than others. I'm going to be completely transparent and honest. Some weeks I am like a complete mess and like, what am I doing tomorrow, today, even this meal at this moment. Um, But I think when we talk about health, there is a component. It doesn't just happen. There is definitely parts that you need to work for. There are ways to make it easier work for sure, but there is no way to just have it happen unless you have Buku box and you have a, a personal chef that does your shopping and everything. But we know is not the majority of people. Um, so. Things that I have found really help, and these are things that we do in um, my food prep classes, is we make um, foods not, we don't cook in bulk one meal. We cook in bulk specific ingredients that can be used in a multitude of ways. And by doing that, we already have the basis for a ton of different meals without having to make. 12 different meals in you know that's when you end up spending the whole Sunday in the kitchen whereas my class is an hour and 15 minutes there's a little bit of you know 10 minutes maybe before and you have to grocery shop so there's some time in there but um we get the whole thing done hour and 15 minutes and you have all your food ready for the week
0: um i've seen what you posted in the past (laughs) you're in a lot of dishes into that hour and 15 yeah how do you do that I'm not gonna lie, it's a little bit
1: of a workout, like
0: <laughs> you might be sweating towards the end. Um if you can't tell, I
1: have a lot of energy, so um definitely do that. But no, I mean I go on everyone's pace. You know, I try everyone comes with a different cooking skill level and um and approach. So we definitely pace it based on the class. But um it really is that it's just it's finding ingredients that you can use multi like a multitude of ways and cooking them in bulk. And then I provide the ideas. Um, what to do with it. But most of the time, after doing it for a little while, you kind of start to get, oh, yeah, if I put a little this in there, a little that in there, um, then it starts to build itself almost. So that's one really key component. Um, And then, you know, I think, too, it's important to note that, like, it's okay to take some shortcuts, you know, everything doesn't have to be made from scratch. Um, I love, you know, frozen frozen fruit, frozen vegetables, they're just there ready to go. Um, Frozen grains, there's a ton of great products out there right now that are just ready to go for you. You can microwave them in five minutes Um, and using those things. And then, you know, always having a backup plan. So when when the mess occurs in your life and you need something, Um, having like a frozen pizza that you've mindfully made the choice to buy at the grocery store, you know, what the ingredients are, you know, what the food label says is much better than picking one up from the corner on the way home. There's nothing, there's no guilt associated with it. It's like, oh yeah, this is a healthy choice for my family. It's ready in 10 minutes. And I don't, and we're still in line with what our goals are.
0: Yeah. I love that. Taking shortcuts, taking things that are Mm -hmm. semi-prepared. I always say, if you Mm -hmm. put your own dressing on it or you put your own sauce on it, you've still made it, even though, (laughs) even if you microwaved it and it was already made, it's fine. Like you have to also allow yourself some slack and give yourself some grace. Because otherwise it's so hard. And it's very, I think, you know, stressful, which we, nobody Mm -hmm. needs.
1: Yeah, I think a lot, you know, a lot of times in all aspects of life, we are all or nothing people. And I think it creates this really negative feeling in our, and self talk and all that spiral starts to happen because we didn't do it exactly the way we planned. But when messing up and not having time is part of the plan, You just don't have that guilt because you're like, well, I already knew my day was going to be a hot mess. So I had a frozen pizza in the freezer ready to go. You know, it's, you know, it's really just those components and having grace with yourself. Like you said,
0: I love that planning for just a hot mess day that (laughs) yeah, that's part of the plan. (laughs) Yes. So when you do the prep in your classes or for your family mm-hmm. outside of that, mm-hmm. do you categorize things like, oh, here's a protein, here's a grain? Do you mm-hmm. go by specific food groups?
1: Yes. So in, I always do a bulk whole grain. So it's going to be different all the time. That could be a quinoa, it could be a farro, it could be a bean or regular or a whole wheat pasta. I always bulk cook that because i know that i can put that in salads or i can have it warm in a bowl with some with a bunch of other ingredients um or i could put it in a soup if i wanted to you know at the last minute um, i always do a complex um carbohydrate vegetable so like something like a sweet potato or a butternut squash i'll usually roast that um, and i always roast some some type of green vegetable um, And then I make a a dressing or a sauce. That's usually the major things that I prep for the week. And I chop vegetables. I do. When I have everything out, I just do it all. And then I'm done with it. I never have to get my cutting board out again. Um, But you can always buy pre-chopped if that's something that's in your budget. Um, So... Those are the main components that I said that we leave the class, and those are ready. And and having a sauce or dressing made really just helps you add flavor because I think sometimes it can get really boring if you don't have flavor. Um, so that's something really, really key.
0: Do you shop at a regular grocery store for all these things?
1: Yes, I do. Well, we well, I live in California, so we are very lucky to be surrounded by Trader Joe's. Um, so like there's four and I think in my town. So, um, Are you so serious? I do there's, there is two within like five miles of my house. Oh. Yeah. There, we're surrounded by them. Um, so I do have that at my disposal, which tends to be very cost effective, which is really nice. Um, but we have Safeway, which I would equate to like a shop, right. Or something like that traditional grocery store. Um, but yeah, the, it's all available. Um, and it, it's really what you're looking for. You know, once you start opening your eyes and looking around, you're like, Oh, I never saw that there. Or, you know, you're kind of in your own zone when you get in the grocery store.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about <laughs> conventional stuff in a regular store. Yes. You don't have to shop at yes. Whole Foods. You don't have to do Correct. Like we're not looking specialty stuff. Simple.
1: Correct. Simple. And that's real. That is another like key aspect of the way that I approach, um, plan forward eating is, I think when we're trying to make a different recipe every day and they have 10 plus ingredients and they're all ingredients that are special for that recipe, that is when people get overwhelmed and they don't do it. Yeah. Um, common ingredients. There's a couple, you know, in some of my recipes, there's a couple things that are maybe a little outside of what you would normally use, but they're available at any store. Like you know, that. they're not like... Um, like for the chipotle, we make it like a chipotle crema, but it's like, you know, ca- it's cashews as the base, but they have like, you know, chipotles and adobo maybe okay. someone wouldn't normally do that, but that's available in the, you know, usually in like the Latin food section of any con- conventional grocery store. So, um, things like that, it might be like one thing in the recipe that is maybe outside of what you would normally have, but most of the time I'm using common ingredients that you can find anywhere and you might already have in your house, to be honest.
0: Do you find that the low cost of the beans and legumes offsets mm-hmm. the cost of the vegetables? I
1: think so. I think when you look at the animal counterpart to the plant-based proteins, I mean, it may you know a dollar for a can of beans, and it's you know fourteen dollars for for a package of chicken so it really offsets the cost of animal products um and I think when you're buying vegetables, to go back to the conventional part, you know I think a lot of people when they're you know on you know this healthy eating lifestyle, they feel like everything has to be organic and it all has to be these specialty kind of items but for me, there are some health benefits with eating organic, but I'd rather you have conventional than not do it. Like to me, I don't feel like we need to put it in that box. Um, so, so yeah, the cost of conventional, you know, in season vegetables and beans and legumes and whole grains is extremely more cost-effective, cost-effective than buying multiple packages of meat as your main meals for the week. Mm-hmm
0: okay yeah. that's good i think that's a really important point because we do associate fresh produce with a higher cost um mm-hmm. if you have to mm-hmm. go organic if you go in season you know you mm-hmm. can do pretty well with that
1: yeah and
0: I always always buy frozen
1: i mean they won't go bad for you know at least for a couple months um and they're so i mean 99 cents to three dollars for frozen vegetables and they're this you know, same basically nutrition-wise as fresh. So that's another cost saver too. If there's something that's out of season that you want to use, buy it frozen. Okay, that's
0: perfect. Let's talk about some specifics. I want you to give mm-hmm. us give us the juicy stuff. <laughs> give us what do you buy? What are the things that you like to yes. have on hand? Some key items that mm-hmm. you always have stocked up. And yeah. how would you use them? Like really briefly, give us an example. Sure. I'll start with flavor because I think
1: that's the part people think it's going to be boring and not taste good. So I'm always thinking about how can I make things flavorful um, without having to have a million fresh ingredients. Right. So I do always have citrus on hand. You know, I just buy lemons and limes every time I go to the grocery store because the zest of one of those can completely change a dish. You know, if you put a little bit of lemon zest on the end of a soup, it's like, boom, like all of a sudden fresh and flavorful. Um, and the juice of, of them as well, you know, in, in different dishes, you can make sauces with them. So I always have fresh citrus. Um, another thing I always have, and I know you love this too, cause I feel like I remember when we used to work together, but I either buy herb paste or frozen herbs yes. because, and I always have them because fresh, having fresh herbs, especially cilantro, it's like whenever I need cilantro, I never have it. <laughs> um, and you can't really substitute cilantro. I feel like it has that distinct flavor. So I always do, they sell the paste right in the produce section. I do the paste or I buy frozen um, and they have those at Target. I mean, they don't, you don't even have to go anywhere special, um, any specialty store for that. You're um, talking so about two, the
0: frozen cubes, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So they're in the freezer section. They come in what looks like a tiny ice cube tray, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. you can just pop them into a dish and put it back in the freezer.
1: Correct. Yeah. And they do, they have garlic like that too, Mm -hmm. like minced garlic like that. So again, you don't even have to get your cutting board out. You've got fresh herbs, garlic, and some citrus
0: in your meal already. And you're like, okay. I mentioned the brilliance of this product and it's from Israel. So (laughs) Okay. We it is? Oh, yeah. I didn't
1: know that. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. I should have gotten it from the packaging because it, you know, it ha- I think it has, <laughs> I, I am not that observant, obviously, but, um, but that's awesome. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's why I said it. I, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so those are kind of like always, you know, and then obviously I have canned and already prepared shortcut, you know, um, beans or grains always in my house too which we've talked about um and then yeah my backup plan stuff those are kind of like the main things that are always in my house ready to go so that even if I don't get to the grocery store the day I thought I was going to I still have something I can make mm-hmm. um in there
0: do you look for canned items that are labeled a certain way with you mm-hmm. know BPA and things like that Are you concerned mm-hmm. at all about that
1: Yeah, when I can find them in a tetra pack or like the paper pack, I will get them. Um, I feel like the same approach as the organic versus conventional um, vegetables. Right. I feel like, yes, of course, there's some preservatives in the can to make it be able to stay fresh. Um, However, when it comes to the alternative of some processed meats, et cetera, I take that risk. And I feel like once you start talking to people about making their beans from dry, you have completely lost them. There is like, there is just no coming back from that. <laughs> They're like, I'm not so convinced. You're crazy. Um, That's a process. You can certainly, yeah. yeah, you can certainly do that. And an Instapot makes it easier. You can certainly do that if you are concerned about BPI. But for me, I feel like it's such a convenience and so nutrient dense and easy that for me, it's worth the risk of the little, the little, the slight risk that there is there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you rinse your beans? I do. I don't really, for
1: two, for two reasons. One is I don't really like the slimy um, stuff. That's
0: (laughs) You don't? Okay.
1: (laughs) No, no. Um, And then number two, it does, it does get rid of some of the sodium. So I like to be in control of the salt that goes in my dish. Like I want to, if I want to add salt, I'll add it. Um, So I'd rather rinse it off and add it. You know, myself or add it in add flavor in a different way than have it come from the can
0: okay what about now we're going to get into what's in your fridge right now Jeannie what about oh oh my gosh (laughs) it's like a
1: it's a we should have done that where I just you just like come into my home what's in your fridge and then I have to (laughs) open it
0: (laughs) how do you store your produce in your fridge like do you have a system or anything special that you do so
1: I really do as much as I possibly can chop all of my wash and chop all my produce when I get home from the grocery store. I really do try to do that. If I don't do it, then I do it the next time I cook. I just do it. Um, so the way that I um, the way that I kind of store it is I have glass. I bought, a, I invested in a ton of glass storage um, stuff and it took me time, it doesn't, you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars but it took me time to build this, you know, collection. Um, and I, for the things that tend to get slimy like peppers or cucumbers, I do put like a paper towel on the bottom of that container to help draw some of the moisture away. And that does make those last all week. Um, with greens, I tend to buy either ones that are already washed in a bag. Um, or if I get like a romaine or something, I will chop it and put it in like a salad spinner. So it lasts. Um, but yeah, all my produce is usually cut because if it goes in that drawer on the bottom, it usually doesn't come out. Right. <laughs> it usually goes bad. Yeah. Um, it's out of sight, out of mind on the bottom drawer. Like I put, you know, and this is like a whole nother discussion, but the environment you set up around you. Um, I put all the veggies in line, you know, line sight for my kids, for me, so that when we open the fridge, it's like, oh, we have veggies to eat. You know, it's kind of like a visual reminder.
0: And your girls eat all of that, right? They eat all these foods. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they, they wax and wean like most kids do. You know, one day it's their favorite food and the next day they hate, completely don't like it. Um, but overall, you know, as long as I always just say, just try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. And they will try pretty much everything. Um, and some things they love and some things they don't, but I don't make them a different meal. They, this is, um, This is another part of being food prepped that I really love, because if they don't like what I've made for dinner, usually they can go to the fridge and make something for themselves. Make a little plate of a heated up sweet potato and some beans and a couple peppers. And they still have a balanced meal, but I didn't have to cook anything else or, or tend to their, you know, specific preference. They can kind of be self self-sufficient that way. And um, I find as a parent that takes a lot of pressure off of dinner, knowing that they can always just grab something else if they don't like it. I don't have to make something that everyone's going to like every single time.
0: Yeah. You're welcome to come to my house and (laughs) this strategy.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's not perfect. It never will be. and never is. But it's just kind of, you know, just trying to instill that same mindset in your children. Like every food fits. They can have every single one. They had candy yesterday at their Valentine's party. It's totally fine. But the majority of what we eat is whole foods. And, yeah, that's-
0: and I think that's exactly where the lifestyle comes in. This is mm-hmm. you know, how they grow up. This is how, what they know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Are there any kitchen tools that you want? We talked, we talked a little bit about the Instant Pot. Um, anything mm-hmm. else that you find really helpful, specifically with plan forward eating?
1: Oh, yes, for sure. Um, one thing I really try to teach and share in the classes is we really don't need to use as much oil in cooking as we do. You know, I think it's like an almost automatic. You put the pan on, you pour the oil. Like, it's like a one. Um, so I have a really good nonstick cooking pan. But my favorite thing is I bought silicone mats. You know, the ones most people use for cookie, like baking cookies. Yes. I bought a bunch of them and they were, I mean, I got some at Target for less than $10. And I found using that when I'm roasting vegetables, I don't need oil. So, or maybe sometimes I'll put a little bit of oil in a bowl and just coat it slightly. But roasting broccoli, you know, root vegetables, I don't need oil because they're not going to stick. Um, so, that really, for me, I feel like has been a game changer in kind of those added oils world. Um, and um, and really, just kind of like you don't miss it, you know? So that's a huge one. Um, I also love, you know, like the zesters. <laughs> I yeah. love a zester because I got to get that citrus um, on there. Um, I love those And I too. do
0: find it's fun to use.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do find too with plant based cooking, I do use my food processor a lot. So it doesn't have to be a fancy one, and you could use a blender. Um, but I do, um, like, like for instance, with, um, or a, a submersion blender, you know, the ones that go under, because you can make things creamy without adding cream by blending like the beans in a soup or, um, like I, I mentioned, um, I like to use cashews in some things that makes things creamy, but all I have to do is soak them. And then I can throw them in my food processor and make a creamy sauce or, dip or anything really easily. So I would say those things definitely are used very frequently in, in my kitchen for sure. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Any other hacks or anything that we didn't talk about <laughs> that you do? Give us all the secrets. I know,
1: I know, I know. Well, I do use vegetable broth a lot, like with sauteing um, instead of oil. I, and I usually, um, while I'm chopping all my vegetables, Um, I know you use a garbage bowl too. I think we got that from Rachel, right? Yes. So I put all of my vegetables in the garbage bowl. And then at the end, I put those in a pot, cover it with water, add a bay leaf and some herbs. And I boil that for about 10 minutes. And I use that as my vegetable. I drain it, obviously. Um, And then I use that as my vegetable stock. And I feel like, first of all, I feel good because I'm not, you know, I'm reusing. Um, But it's fun because my vegetable stock tastes different every week. Like sometimes there's a jalapeno in there. Sometimes there's a lemon in there, you know? So it, it adds, you know, it's, for me, like in my dietitian world, it's very exciting um, to have these <laughs> different tasting vegetable broth. Um, so that's a hack I do a lot. And then I use that vegetable broth instead of oil in cooking. Um, and then I would say the soaking cashews, I do a lot. Um, all you have to do is cover them. And put, I put them in the fridge, you know, I use one of those mason jars and then I just have them and you drain it and you can put it in anything to make it creamy like a tomato sauce or soup
0: or anything. Um, so so you those do are you some them like quick- cas- them Or do you put like, yes. if you were to add them to the soup, do you add them whole and then puree the soup or do you already add the pureed cashews? I would already add the pureed cashews. So you can
1: just put them in the food pro- You drain them, put them in the food processor. You may need to use, I a lot of times use lemon juice, but you could, you may just need to use a couple of tablespoons of water to get it to really the consistency you want. Um, and then, yeah, you can add it. I do it a lot with um, like, I make um, dips and like that crema I was telling you about. That's, that is cashews. Um, I make a, like a, like a blush sauce with cashews. Um, so I don't, it's not in everything, but I have them available. Cause I think sometimes you just want something creamy, you yeah. know, <laughs> like it's satisfying. Um, yes, you can add like a dollop to soup and mix it in and that will help make it a, like, a little bit creamier.
0: Okay, cool. Are there any yeah. mistakes or pitfalls that you think people should be aware of to not make? Yeah. Um, so a lot of times people are looking
1: for you know vegan food so they'll go to the grocery store and they kind of and this is a cost thing too it's a lot of people are looking for these specialty items and they kind of end up eating the processed version of <laughs> vegan meat instead of meat um and then i usually say well, well you might have it might have been better just to have the 100 percent beef at that point you know like Um, So I think a pitfall is relying too heavily on kind of vegan food products Mm -hmm. and not really focusing on the whole food. Um, And and that happens a lot. And it's easy to fall into because it's convenient. Um, So that's one that I would say just keep an eye on. And it's not, again, it could be a part of your lifestyle, but not the majority of it. Um, And then that all or nothing mentality. I think having an awareness of when that's happening for you Um, and kind of offsetting it with some positive (laughs) talk um, is really helpful because anytime you're trying a new lifestyle, you're going to fail. It's a process, not perfection. Um, So those are some major things that come to mind up top head.
0: Okay. You mentioned Mm -hmm. the meat replacement. So I'm assuming you're not a fan Mm -hmm. of possible meat and Beyond Burgers and all those (laughs) things. Give us your two cents about that. Yeah. Um, I think just...
1: I always look at the number of ingredients in things. I just think the more ingredients in there, the more time it's been broken down and built back up. Um, So part of me feels like if you really want a burger, have a burger, like (laughs) just have the burger. But if it's more of an animal cruelty um, focus for you and less about necessarily the ingredients and, you know, reducing your risk of certain diseases, then of course, there's a place for that as well. Um, but I think we we just automatically, because again, our minds are so set on the meat and then the sides that we're just trying to replace the meat with an imitation meat <laughs> yes. instead of replacing it with the actual you know whole grains, legumes, fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds. Yeah.
0: Okay, so you gave us a ton of great information. I know my listeners mm-hmm. are gonna love this episode. If someone wants to get started right now with the plan forward approach, what would you say Mm -hmm. are the first few things they should be doing?
1: Mm -hmm. I think um, there's two approaches. One is gradual and one is all in. And I always go for the gradual because the all in usually burns and crashes because you run out of ideas very quickly. Um, So I would say start with one meal a day, Um, maybe it's breakfast, and um, start finding some food, not just one. So maybe two or three things that you like for breakfast that are plant forward. Um, And then maybe it goes into lunch and then maybe it goes into dinner, but start there. Um, That would be a really good place to start. And then um, another piece of advice I would give is, you know, start looking at the dishes you already make that may very easily become a plant-based dish. So for instance, most soups, most chilies, um, some pasta dishes, you know, that we're just adding meat because we always have. It's kind of easy to just take it out. Um, so start looking at what you're already doing. And maybe you can just make those couple little
0: tweaks. Okay, I love that. Mm-hmm. Now, to mm-hmm. help people get a taste, literally, of what this may feel like. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I have like a that. We events coming up, right? Yes, yes. So March 20th um
1: 3 p.m eastern standard time correct me if i'm wrong yes um we are going to do a live demo and i'm going to kind of show using one ingredient multiple ways um on uh the pcos insiders facebook page um so i'm going to let you explain how to get there because i'm not sure i know yet but i'm going to do it as soon as i um as as soon as i get off of here
0: so yes so if (laughs) If you're listening and you're not yet a member of the group, you basically can go either to my bio on Instagram and find the link there or go to Facebook and search PCOS Insiders. It's my private Facebook group, and we're going to have an amazing cooking demo. Jeannie, you're going to mm-hmm. lead us. You're, you'll be our fearless, plan-forward leader, <laughs> and uh, hopefully Chipotle Crema is going to be included in that. because I that- absolutely will. <laughs> I absolutely will. You're going to love it. It's one of my favorite things. So we'll make a few dishes right we'll use one mm-hmm. ingredient maybe two ways or three ways you'll show us mm-hmm. how to do that um i will mm-hmm. post a rest um a, a shopping list for the ingredients mm-hmm. prior to the event so that everyone can be prepared you can cook along with us you and i are going to be cooking live um yes. people can just watch or cook along with us or do it later it will be saved in the group but it's totally free but to get into the event you have to come on over to pcos insiders And then Jeannie, you also have weekly cooking classes that are absolutely amazing. So tell us a little bit about how to get that.
1: So um, you can either go to the link in my profile on Instagram. And my handle is this underscore Inspire underscore life. Um, and click right there, and you'll see the first picture pinned on there. You can just click on right th- there, and it brings you right to it. The classes are thirty-five dollars. They're an hour. They're set for an hour and a half. It usually takes about an hour and fifteen, and then we have time for questions. Um, the other way you can kind of take a look at what um, more about what we talked about today, you can go to my um, website, which is www.thisinspiredlife.com, and you can look around. There's recipes on there there's you know my overall philosophy and then there's a work with me button and right there you can click on cooking and food prep and that'll bring you
0: to the class as well awesome and i have to say you're always super positive a lot of fun so i'm (laughs) sure those classes are a blast
1: i have a ton of fun i'm dancing we're singing i mean people are smiling they might be laughing at me but i you know they're having a good time and they're smiling um but no yeah i appreciate that i i absolutely 100% love it and I the feedback has been great you know the recipe people are actually able to do the recipes and carry them out throughout the week which I think is the win right there um and so I'd love for I'd love to have anyone join me and test it out and you can always um you know dm me with questions about it if you're if you're not sure on um Instagram.
0: sounds great Jeannie thank Mm -hmm. you so much for sharing your knowledge with us today it was amazing and I'm really looking forward to the cooking demo the cooking class Um, I know it's going to be delicious and a lot of fun so thank you for being here
1: thank you so much it was so nice seeing you and talking with you about this um, topic and I appreciate your time and um, your listeners time
0: thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the interview and I've found a lot of great insights, strategies, and information in what we discussed today. For more information, please visit the show notes below so you can get all the details, links, and recommendations that were discussed today. And if you like this podcast and what you've heard today, leave a review and subscribe to the show so you never miss when new episodes are out and you also help more people find this information. I'll be here again next week with a new episode. Until then, be well. Bye for now.